Hi, this is Chris Peeler, the editorial director here at PRP, and welcome to episode six of the Education Insider. Today we're going to be talking about a kind of difficult topic, which is students' mental health. Anyone who is in education in any way knows that it is a difficult time to be a student in America. The American Association of Pediatrics has declared teen suicide a national emergency. The Surgeon General has agreed, and President Biden even mentioned student mental health in his recent State of the Union address. So what can we as an education and ed tech community do to help? I got a few answers in my conversation with Ann Brown, who is the CEO of the Cook Center for Human Connection. So I'm here with Ann Brown, the CEO of the Cook Center for Human Connection. And I'd love to start, Ann, just talking about the name of the association that you're working with, the Human Connection. What is so important about that, that it is part of the name of the nonprofit? Well, we chose human connection because human connection is is one of the biggest protective factors against suicide, as well as an, an enhancing factor for people in their lives. So human connection, human touch, human support really is one of the, the biggest wellness tools that we have out there. And what is the Cook Center for Human Connection yeah, doing you. to further that sense of human connection among people, specifically, I think, among teenagers who, as we know, are having a, a difficult time for a number of reasons right now? We actually have three pillars. So our first pillar is direct giving. So we give directly to programs that are having impact in these spaces. So one of those, for example, is Hope Squads. So Hope Squad, when you talk about human connection, it's, it's the perfect example. It's teaching kids how to connect with other kids and help them help each other. Another one is called Choose Kindness or Kindness Clubs. And we give to those so that schools can change to a culture of kindness. And so that's in a kind of our direct giving category. In our direct support category, we promote schools and parents being able to support kids and having the knowledge and the resources to be able to help their kids through difficult topics. I always say the things that weren't in the book that I never received anyway when I was raising my kids. Just things like, how do you help your child with anxiety and depression and more difficult topics than that, even like cutting or even clear to suicide prevention? So that's a program that we have called Parent Guidance, and we make that available for free to schools and to families everywhere. So parentguidance.org. And then we have another initiative that we call our Global Social Change Initiative. And with that, we've provided through animation a series of stories that are basically a roadmap of letting teens and kids know that it's okay to ask for help in difficult topics and then also letting the helpers know what are the right things to say and how do you help someone there when they're having a struggle and i think that's a important point there is the idea of helpers that are not just parents and it's not just teachers there are a number of different people who can help and i guess one of the things that I'm curious about is how do you how do you help the helpers start those difficult conversations? You know, as a parent, if you see your your child struggling, it may be difficult to say the things that you need to say to be helpful. Right. Um, 
Well, and first of all, I called it the Global Social Change Initiative because that's quite our category, but the actual series is called My Life is Worth Living and My Life is Worth Living is available on YouTube as well as at mylifeisworthliving.org. But to your question is how, how are we modeling that? Most parents want to help and, and fix things for their children. And sometimes they don't know how to start those conversations. And if you've watched something jointly, it's really easy to say, hey, have you ever felt like that? Or even a milder form is to say, hey, do you have a friend who's ever felt like that? And really be able to start a conversation about some difficult topics and, and giving them an opportunity to, to share. What I love about our series is our series shows five children and each of their situations are things that could ultimately lead to some pretty dark thoughts. And those were chosen by our clinical director, who's a, a PhD psychologist out of University of Washington, Dr. James Maza. And we look when we look at what's happening with those five characters, they're all struggling with these, with these things, with depression, with anxiety, with abuse, with being part of the LGBTQ plus community and not knowing where they fit in, physical trauma. And we show the helpers asking questions like one girl's worried about her friend goes to her mother and the mother says, says, well, you're a good friend to her. Just give her a chance to talk or to be quiet if that's what she needs and know that I'm here to support both of you. And the mother ultimately becomes the helper of that other child. And I think that's an interesting scenario because there has been a model of if you have mental health issues, you need to go to a mental health provider of this type. Um, and what you're creating with My Life is Worth Living and the other resources that you're offering is kind of a larger web of protectors and helpers. Mm -hmm. Everything that we're modeling is human connection. And that web is important because if you look at what's happening in the school systems right now, research tells us that about 80% of families rely on their school for their child's mental health care. About 17% go beyond that and start looking towards the medical system. But it's an overloaded system, no matter how you look at it. At the same time, while 80% are relying on their care, the state that I'm from, Utah, we do a, a statewide survey and we looked at the data from just one school district in the state, and there were 6,000 children who had considered taking their life, who had actually made a plan. There were actually 7,000 who had considered, but 6,000 who had actually made a plan based on these survey results. And when you think about what's happening in a school, a counseling staff is about one to 450 kids. Psychologist staff is about one to 1,500 kids there aren't enough school staff to, to help with this. And so our goal is to get some more players on the team. If we can help parents really understand how to help their kids, how to talk with their kids, how to empower their kids, how to help their kids feel empathy for others, we can start to relieve some of those systems. So the more severe cases and the biggest need can get met more quickly. So uh, all of our resources are about helping others help themselves and then those people also help others so it's the cycle of and and we're not against therapy we totally believe that therapy needs to happen and 
counselors are doing an amazing job. It's just we're we're trying to, like I said, get some more players. Right. I mean, those numbers are quite daunting. Mm -hmm. One to 450, one to 1500. They're just not enough hours in the day for the school staff to do all the work with the students who need it. Yeah. I, I sometimes equate it to a cut finger. If your child cuts their finger at home, mom and dad know to wash it, put Neosporin on it, put a Band-Aid on it. And uh, if every time a child cut their finger, they were at a school or, or at a medical center or something, you know, those systems would be overloaded. And if a five-year-old comes home and is reporting bullying, mom and dad really don't know how to support that. They don't know how to help their child not feel like a victim in these situations. And there are some just basic tools that can do that or that can help parents help their kids. And that's what we're doing with both My Life is Worth Living. We're modeling those behaviors and how to talk with your children and with parent guidance. We're actually providing therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists who have built courses around specific topics like bullying and helping parents know how to talk to their children about these these situations. So you have tools available for schools, tools available for parents. What about other folks who are in the ed tech world or the education world who want to help? How sure. can they get involved? Well, I mean, another, you know, another avenue really is that we would, we are happy to partner. I mean, we make our resources available for free. And there are many organizations out there that are also trying to help families with this mental health problem that we're facing in the country. And our resources are, are simple to link out and have be part of their resources so that we're making this available to everyone everywhere. And so we would be happy to partner with other ed tech companies. And what is the ultimate goal if you could be five years down the line and look back and say, we succeeded? What would you say that the goal would be here? One of the things that we do is place a medallion on school websites so that families can easily access the parent guidance services. So one of my goals is that that medallion for free services is on every school website in the country, which means that people have accessed it. We'd like to see a, a reduction in, in youth suicide, but we'd also like to see an empowerment come across where parents and, and children feel like they can talk about these topics and, and that it's, you know, that it's normal to know. I mean, it's normal to have these, I, I want to say deep emotions when they're young, but it, that they feel empowered and they feel, and they feel like they've been supported as they've had those. And that some of the pressures are off the systems. I don't fool myself and think that we're going to take away all the mental health problems of the world, but if we can visibly take some pressure off some of the systems, I think that would be great. I, I love our series. So our, my life is worth living series. And I'd love to say that Five years from now, I've told the story of 25 kids and not just five so that it so that it's expanded and grown and built a bigger universe with more people being able to benefit. And what sort of feedback have you gotten about the series from specifically people at schools? Because it seems like they're the ones that are facing a lot of the the pressure to try to help with some of these issues. 
schools have been somewhat supportive, but I'll be honest, there's schools that are worried about some of the content. We, we have a story of uh, a boy who's in the LGBTQ plus community, and that is a scary topic for some schools to work through. And luckily, we're not just about schools. We make this available to anyone everywhere. It's on YouTube, it's on TikTok, it's on our own website of My Life is Worth Living. But the thing is, is you can't talk about these difficult topics without understanding that there are different points of view in the world. And we've had wonderful support from schools as well. We're part of Share My Lesson with the American Federation of Teachers. So those are available to 2.9 million teachers. And the nice thing about our series too is that is that you can pick and choose which topics you want to take on. Cyberbullying is a huge issue in schools right now. And, and I think what we've put out about cyberbullying is some of the best work anywhere that I've seen on the topic. And the nice thing about working with parents with parent guidance is that we can really skirt all of this controversy that's going on in the world because we are not working directly with the children with parent guidance. We're teaching the, the parents how to help their children. And so parents can choose to watch or, or turn it on or turn it off. But what we do find is if you go through our comments on any of the places, we haven't had one negative comment on my life is worth living or on parent guidance. I think it's an important thing to talk about parent guidance in the context of the current moment where parents are trying to be more engaged in their children's education in a, in a variety of ways. That's part of a rising tide that seems to be national of, mm -hmm. of parents you know, taking the reins more. There was a, quite a wave this year of legislation. I don't believe it passed anywhere, but there was quite a wave this year of legislation across the country where legislatures wanted schools to pre-declare every single tool they were going to use from every book that was going to be in a classroom to every textbook so that it was fully disclosed, which is kind of difficult for a teacher because when you're when you're in the classroom and you come across a great resource in October that you didn't know about, but you didn't disclose it in August and you can't use it for another year, you know, that that becomes difficult. And I think that's been recognized, but certainly that type of legislation has kind of changed the, the perspective on what is happening in the country with parents and education. Having been so involved in the pandemic, I think they feel more invested and they want to be more involved than they have been in the past. And, and that's, you know, ultimately probably a good thing, maybe not to the level of that legislation I was talking about, but ultimately having parents more engaged in their child's education should be a positive. And certainly this mental health aspect of it is part of their education, I would say. Well, I think it's certainly a predictor of the success that they will have. Children who are struggling with mental health issues, with anxiety, with depression, with confidence issues, with suicide ideation, they certainly are not functioning at at the highest level academically that they could. So, so they do go hand in hand. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat. And, and I wanted to, in closing, see if you can share with our listeners what the best way is for them to get in touch with you if they would love to collaborate with you and the Cook Center for Human Connection. Yeah, absolutely. So contact at cookcenter.org goes either to myself or our COO, John Cook. 
So contact at cookcenter.org. And then you can check out our resources at a variety of places, but cookcenter.org is the, is the place where everything is housed. And then you can look at mylifeisworthliving.org or parentguidance.org as some of our resources. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for taking the time to chat and for doing this really, really important work. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Education Insider. And please do tune in to our next episode in which our CEO, Jacob Hansen, will be talking to the folks from Tucker Capital about some of their insights into current world events and the great resignation and how it all relates to ed tech and education.